It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Could let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind You won't break my soul you won't break my soul, no, no. You won't break. Imagine if the song was like somebody saying that they didn't want to do anal. You won't break my hole. You won't break my hole, na na. You won't break my hole. <laughs> oh my god! I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Gosh, let's see how well I do. Um, at not wanting to be here and still recording um it's not like it's not like a big thing I'm just I don't know I'm just pissed off I've just got the um if you haven't listened to the receipts uh episode that I feature on when I'm chatting with the girlies you should definitely go and take a listen of that and you're like who should I who should I be listening out for well it's me isn't it in it Kelechi in the place to be and you are listening slash watching S-Y-M Officially known as Say Your Mind Unofficially known as what what? That's right, suck your mum It is so hot God, it's just extremely hot <sighs> Yeah, anyway, um, I went to the seaside I went to Broadstairs over the weekend Um, I, I'm clearly in my seaside visiting bag, right? But it's just because it's been like Warm the past couple of weeks So the first uh, week that I went Or weekend that I went That was for Lev's birthday And then this time was just like Why not? Why not just roll through? Um, which is what I did I I went to Broadstairs I remember going to Broadstairs As a child Like we used to go Look at me sweating Like a Christmas goat <laughs> Chiniki I remember going to Broadstairs as a child. Um, we used to go in primary school. That was like our, that was like our summer trip. We'd get on a coach and we go to Broadstairs. I used to look forward to the rock, and I used to get so excited because, like, it's the one of the very few times that my mum would make me pack lunch. So. I'd go with hot dogs and I used to feel like so special that she'd make me hot dogs to take. Meanwhile, the hot dogs were cold, but you know, it is what it is. Or um, sardine sandwiches. I could murder a sardine sandwich nowadays. You know, like what? Do people make sandwich, like sardine sandwiches anymore? Mix it with a bit of butter and it's got to be white bread. I'm so sorry. Like it's got to be white bread. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to hear about all your health implications. Fuck off. Um, white bread. For the win with your sardine uh, mixed with butter in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ask me anything more about this plant based life because I'll be 37 in October and I feel like a drastic change is on the way. I can't tell you what. I don't know what, but I, I feel like a drastic change is on the way. Somebody did suggest to me, though, the other day that why don't I consider, instead of like ending the podcast, like boom, just done, like do it in seasons, like 12 episodes, go away for months and then come back and do another 12 episodes. And maybe I might do that. 
maybe, but who knows? Who knows what I'll do at this point? We will see. Um, what have I been up to? Well, it's been a very interesting week, I guess, of like going to events and speaking at things and doing things. It's all, it's all been um quite a journey. So I went to a screening of Muna, M-U-N-A. Um, it's a short film. Uh, starring Kosa Ali So if you remember her She was in The actress that was in Rocks Why am I sweating like this? It's so hot in here It's Garen hot in here And I've got all these lights on me God Anyway Back to Kosa If you remember her from Rocks That was brilliant wasn't it? Her and Bookie Bakray And the entire cast They were wonderful So Kosa Ali stars in Muna And it's the story of a Somali girl That really wants to go on a trip Like this field trip with her friends And it just so happens that She's asking her mum Or asking her parents at a time That her mum's father has just passed away Um, But through this one event They use it to tell a story about like Somali girlhood And it's beautifully done It is so beautiful So I'm really glad I got a chance to see that As part of the London Film Festival Was it the London Film Festival? One of the, you know, it's one of them things there But I'm glad I got to see it It was at the BFI Really, really glad that I got to see that And I got, I was sitting next to somebody um, And the actor that I saw in Pirates Reda, Reda is his name? Is it Reda? Um he he plays like my favorite character in the film Pirates that was um written directed was it just written I don't know by Reggie Yates he was in that um and he was super funny in that so it was good to be sat next to him and to have a chat about the movie so um yeah it's all that was really really good so big up yourself Kosar you were wonderful you are such a baby girl and then I was on BBC Radio London BBC One Extra talking so thank you um Salma and to Nadia J Like thank you for having me come on To talk about Edge of Here Talk about my book That has been wonderful So okay so maybe that's what it is So but if you're listening to this on the Monday When it comes out On Thursday I will officially be a published author Because that's my publication day Thursday 14th of September Be a published author uh, Tuesday 12th of September Will be the um, show at the Barbican Where I'll be in conversation with Richie Brave Talking all things Edge of Here And um, yeah, it's just I don't know I, I just feel blah And that's not to do with anything Well, kind of But yeah, I just feel like I'm just in my zone And I'm sure that by the Tuesday By the Thursday I'll, you know, I'm, I'll be Stella You know, I'll have my groove back with no Caribbean cock That was inappropriate <laughs> That was inappropriate I'm so not sorry Um. So that You know that day That I did the two um, BBC shows Like the Radio London As well as One Extra That That day Was motherfucking long So I went from there To a workshop At um, the Meta offices You know Instagram La 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 Went um, to an Instagram workshop In collaboration with Guap Gala Because Guap Gala Is on Friday So that might be another reason That I'm pissed off Because where is my costume? Where is my costume? Because if I now start speaking People will say that I'm speaking 
I, when it comes to a look, let me tell you something about Kilichi Oluwafumilayo Okafo. When it comes to a look, <laughs> I take it seriously and I take my time and I plan well ahead. I try my best to plan well ahead. So I let this, mm-hmm, I feel like I'm coming off course, but I've got to tell the story because it's in my spirit. It's in my heart, in our heart, in our heart. I reached out to this woman months ago on Etsy. I only wanted her to make one thing for me. She goes, oh, what else is going to go with this? So I'm like, this is the whole look that I'm going for. And I show her the individual things that I'm looking to get in order to bring everything together. She goes, Ra, I can do all of it. So I'm like, cool, but I need all of this to arrive well before the 15th of September. She says in French, bet. Well, I don't know what the French is for bet, whether it's like, Whoa-ha-ha. I don't know. But she said like, cool, cool. It is now what? The 10th of September. I have not seen my outfit. So if you see me at the Guap Gala, just wrapped in a metallic colored duvet, because the theme is cosmic dreams, then you're just going to have to go with me. But she will have to refund my money if I don't get my outfit like well in time. Because I, I already preempt for the fact that I'm so busy, I'm likely to miss the delivery. So I need to then go and get it. Rare, rare, rare. I plan for all of those things, which is why I'm like, send me the motherfucker nice and early so I can do all the things that I need to do on my end before I collect the ting. So yeah, that's just the whole thing. So I don't even know if I'm going to look cute for the Guap Gala. I don't know what's going to happen with all of that. We will just have to see. But then back to this long as fuck day. So go to do the um, BBC radio talks and they were wonderful. The baby girls, absolutely um, amazing. And so from then, like I said, I go to the Instagram event in collaboration with the Guap Gala. They wanted to show us um, how to best use our social media pages to optimize our experience at the Guap Gala. Sure, sure, girl. Um, so from there, I then went to the House of Parliament or the House of uh, the House of Commons because there was a private um, remembrance ceremony that was happening. Um, with Chris Cabba's family to mark that it it had been one year since he was murdered by the police or was killed by the police. Um, and so that was very sobering, like hearing his, like his dad cried the whole time, the whole, like we were in there for like two hours or something. His dad cried the whole time. My heart just kept breaking over and over like fuck. And his mum. Like it was so heartbreaking because his mom had gotten to that state that you never want to see a mother in where she's just like, I'm just empty. I'm empty. I've got nothing for you. Nothing. And it's for me, that's what hurts the most. The way that this society, this country specifically, it steals our smiles. It steals our joy. Like you, we've been told from the moment that they were running with the whole stiff upper lip um, rhetoric and keep calm and carry on. Like all this country knows is misery, and they and they sell misery to you as if it's the the highest honor in the land. Fuck misery! Like I don't want to be miserable. And somebody made a very interesting point that the police officer responsible for shooting Chris Cabber, right? He, and I'm going to make another point shortly. The police officer um, responsible for shooting Chris Cabber, he's on paid, he's suspended with pay. Yeah. 
But since the day that Chris Cabba was killed, his dad has never stopped working. He has continued. I think his family's just continued working. So the person that caused the violence continues, well, just gets to chill, relax, maybe even have therapy. But the people most affected by the violence that was caused, you know, apart from the person that was literally killed, the family of the person that was killed, they have to keep working because this society doesn't understand what you need a break. No, the fuck not. You need to keep going. And that is how they wear us down. That's how they exhaust us. And to me, that's, it's just horrible. And so um, they're still waiting for answers. They're still waiting to see if the Crown Prosecution Service is going to bring charges against the police officer. So much is up in the air right now. Um, And they could be waiting for a long time or there could be an answer fairly quickly. So on Saturday, I believe the 9th of September, yesterday, there was um, a peaceful protest outside, starting at um, New Scotland Yard and then headed over to Parliament to demand essentially that there has to be some kind of response to all of this. It's been a year, like, what are you lot doing that's taking you so long? So... This is the point I was going to make, and I'm going to talk about it later on. Of course, you would have seen the news about Daniel Khalif, the um, alleged um, terrorist. Uh, well, they've uh, he, they've held him under suspicions of terrorism and passing information on to Iran that could benefit Iran in dealing with Britain, whatever the case may be. Um, guilty feet have got no rhythm. Sorry, that came out of nowhere. Um, so all of that is going on, and... They managed to uh, uh, apparently apprehend Daniel Khalif alive, alive. Armed police officers who were dressed undercover, rare, rare, rare. Oh, am I going to talk about that? That's not actually in my notes. But they managed to apprehend him alive. But you had to, you just had to shoot Chris Cabot in the head through the windscreen. You had to. And Again, the car wasn't registered in Chris Cabba's name. So how did you know he was the one in it? How? And then you you could just make that decision, boom, right there and then to just shoot. But this one who's trained in the military, as in Daniel, trained in the military, you suppose that he's involved in, in treacherous acts and rare, 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 but you still apprehended him alive. Interesting scenes. Interessante. Um, so yeah, was at the uh, House of Commons for that. Straight left there, went home to have a shower, get ready to go to the L Style Awards after party. A whole me, a whole baby girl. Um, going to the um L, you know, the magazine L UK, the Style Awards took place earlier on that evening, and I was invited to the after party. Um, and it was super cute. I didn't know what to wear. I was exhausted because I don't like being out that late. I felt heavy from um, being, you know, there um, listening to Chris Cabba's family. And I wasn't sure. I just didn't know if I had it in me. And then I was like, you know what? I've got a suit. I'm going to put the suit on, no bra and accessorize little piece and just do a little piece of makeup and head on out. And that I did. And I'm so glad that I went. I saw a few baby girls, um, some baby folk. It was really cute. And it was just nice to be invited because I feel like sometimes 
I don't, you know what? Maybe that's part of my tiredness. I really don't fucking know what people see when they look at me because like I've been given, I can give the girls fashions. I can give like, some of you only know labels. Like you can't actually dress. You just know labels. But me, I can put an outfit the fuck together. I can. A look. Huh. That's why I'm called Oluwa Fumilayo. It should be Oluwa look Fucking hell, Kalechi, you flopped that one. Anyway, what I'm saying is, I bring it. And before, when the ancestors were dealing with me, I could only execute five looks a year. If given the opportunity and the ancestors allow it, I can drop five looks a week. I mean, I'll be fucking exhausted at the end of it because I'm an introvert, right? Um, but I could do something. I could do something. All right. So it was nice to be invited because it's like, yeah, girl, you you do bring some bits. You do bring some bits in front of the camera. And that I did. And it was nice to see other people in suits as well. So I was like, not me knowing the, the trend. Um, and so, yeah, it was beautiful to be invited. It was a whole mood. Really enjoyed that. And then um, later on in the week, possibly the next day I had this. No, no, no. This was a Friday that I went to the next thing. So I went to watch The Architect, um, a play, a series. I think it's a series of short plays written by different um, playwrights. And it takes place on a bus. So you meet at a bus stop in Deptford. You get, and the play starts at the bus stop and then you get on the bus and then you're taken along this whole route and on the bus people get on as as they would on the bus and then they you know perform and it's a whole story and it was just um it was really really well executed the bus the bus was hot as fuck I feel like everywhere heat has been following me, but they were the uh, production team were lovely to have like fans for everybody. I came with my own fan because I knew it was going to be something. So I came with my own fan, but they offered everybody fans. And then you finish the route in Woolwich and you get that, we get off the bus and there's a performance in the square in Woolwich square as well. It was really, really well done. Let me tell you something. It fucked me up because it's, um, a, you know, it's in kind of memory of Stephen Lawrence's life. And um, because, you know, Stephen Lawrence wanted to be an architect. Um, and so the whole story kind of follows that. So the moment we started at the bus stop, I don't know, I just felt tense. I felt tense, but it was joyous. The two boys, the two young men at the um, bus stop talking about heading off to a party. They were excited. They were going to a party, rah, rah, rah. And then this whole thing that takes place on the bus and you see that it's a whole journey, a whole life, right? And then we end up on the road that Stephen Lawrence was killed in Eltham. And there's a um, plaque on the ground um, where um, it happened. And I lost it. Just internally, I wasn't even crying out. Like I was just like, oh, like, so much changed because of what happened with Stephen Lawrence's murder. So much um, could be named. So many illnesses within the British psyche, the collective psyche could be named, right? But while so much changed, not much has changed. Um, and that's worrying to me, you know? And 
I just, again, when I think about Chris Cabba's family and I think about Stephen Lawrence's family and how um, in one way or another, the police continues to fail or the police continue to fail black people constantly. And yet we are told, oh, the way around this is like, oh, more black people should join the police force. What? Let me know. But rest in peace, baby boy. Like, you're a big man. You're a big, you would have been a big man. <sighs> but yeah, it was, it was, um, it was great to um watch that and see all the things that were brought together. One thing that that stuck with me was the actress who plays the bus conductor. She comes up onto the upper deck where I was sat and um she begins um speaking. And one of the things that she talks about is how black people just spend like the whole um the person whoever wrote the piece, I need to check this. Their piece was about how black people, the whole concept of blackness is about waiting. We're always waiting, 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 waiting for justice, waiting to excel, waiting for, like, we're just waiting. And I'm so fucking tired of waiting. Maybe that's the the mood that I've kind of entered this week with because, and I feel for Jonathan because Jonathan's the one that has to like add memes to the visuals of this show. And some weeks he's just like, I've got no memes because you're talking about really serious things. And I feel like this might be one of them weeks because it, it really hurts, you know, like you're constantly waiting. And as a black woman, you're, it feels like you're waiting for so much more that you're constantly waiting, waiting for, for, for us, just so many things. And that's why I feel like in um, friendships and relationships, these kind of dynamics, I've, I've, I'm growing to the point where I'm like, say what you mean, be quick, be fast. Like, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? Like, late last week, I had to address a situation that maybe I'd been waiting also to address um, regarding a friend, like a friendship group dynamic. And... I was just like, you know what, that, that did need to happen. I probably wouldn't have done it of my own volition, but it needed to happen. Um, because we shouldn't keep waiting, waiting for something. When we, sometimes we don't even know what we're waiting for. And we keep singing about, we shall overcome. What's it? We shall overcome someday. What's the someday? What's the someday? Deep in my heart, I do believe that we shall overcome someday. Why can't there someday be today? It's fucking annoying. Anyway, that was just my piece that I needed to get out. Um, What other thing irritated me? Because <laughs> clearly I am in my irritated bag. I, you, We know how we were just talking about the fashions. We were just talking about the fashions. We were just talking about the things. I ordered um, two outfits from this Nigerian brand. They have a website. So the way that their website works is that you select the items that you want, the size that you want, and then it puts it in a basket. And then you are then contacted via WhatsApp about paying for the items that, you know, that you've ordered. Cool. My baby people that are listening to this podcast, they initially send me a WhatsApp message and they're like, this is how much you owe um, that you need to pay for your outfit. I'm like, cool. So I transfer it in Naira, as is stated on the thing, to them. I think that, okay, so as, after I transferred the money, yeah, 
I then go and follow the brand on Instagram. Tell me why ain't shopping just a heartbreak. Tell me why trying to bump me is a mistake. Tell me why don't ever try to play me that way. Cause I'll fuck up your day. Wow. Inspired. I follow them on Instagram. As soon as I follow them on Instagram, I get a message on WhatsApp and they're like, excuse me, hello ma, um, the items that you've ordered, what the, the, the set that you ordered, the first item, well, we haven't updated our website since last year. So that outfit um, is actually 91,000 pounds, um, 91,000 pounds, 91,000 naira more than what is um, on the website. Mind you, it's, it's already pricey. This outfit, right? But now you've come back to tell me that you want me to pay 91k more So for context, for those who can't translate it Let's just say that they're asking me to pay an extra 91 pounds For the outfit So imagine you've they've sent you the invoice, right? Because I'm going to take you through contract law here They've sent you the invoice And said this is how much you need to pay Upon you paying that into their bank account They've now come back to you to say, oh, it's 91,000 more. So I said, you know what would be best for both parties in this situation? Run me my money back. Run me my fucking money back immediately. Because it's one thing that your website showed a price, right? So we're talking about this is why I mentioned contract law Because what the price says on the website Constitutes as an advertisement It's not an offer Cool So I feel that the moment that the offer took place Was now when you messaged me personally And said this is the price And then you gave me your bank details And then I paid you that So it wasn't just based on what was online You then messaged me afterwards That became the offer So I accepted the offer and I paid the money. You then come back and say, oh, well, we need 91,000 more. So therefore you're trying to change the terms of the contract, in which case, because we don't, I guess then we don't have a contract then if we're going back to the original thing and somebody can argue, no, when they sent you the thing, it was still an advertisement, but I don't believe so. Um, But then I guess it gets techie with um, rules around um, e-commerce and, um, like uh, telecommunications, right? Messaging each other on WhatsApp. So I said, bring the money back immediately. Then they're like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. I've spoken to my manager and we're going to do it at the the price that we advertise. We just haven't changed it since last year. My darling people, do you think that the price has changed online? At, 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 At this moment that I'm recording this podcast, do you think the price has changed online after you've noticed this quote unquote faux pas? Has it changed? No, because I am of the belief, because we're dealing with Nigerians here, right? That that price online is the price, done. But then they now saw my page because I fasted myself up to go and follow their page. And they were like, ah, Britiko, she's even in London. Ah, kia, kia, kia. Go and tell her that it's extra, that it's extra. She needs to pay extra. Fuck you. Fuck you. And then when I now wear your outfit, I'm not going to tag you. Watch. Because some of you like to play too much. Ridiculous scenes So I feel like that's another thing that pissed me off Um, 
Aside from that, let's just change subjects really, really quickly. Somebody offered me a sensual yoni massage. So then massage your vagina and your clitoris. Like, do you think I should take up this offer? It's like a person, like it's a woman. It's like, this is her business, that what she does. She's not a black woman, but like, this is her business. And um, she emailed me a while ago and she was just like, um, I offer sensual yoni massages to help like, and of course, you know me, like I already know the power of the pom-pom, like fam, I'm called Ben's P, like Ben's Punani womanist. So I understand the power of the pom and I understand in terms of our chakras and like, and our sacral energy and where we hold attention and, and trauma and all of those things. And I have watched videos, not porn, no, no. I have watched videos where people are getting sensual yoni massages and them speaking about their experiences thereafter. But then part of me is still like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, like drop me a comment. Um, yeah, drop me a comment whether it's on Spotify, because you know you can comment on Spotify now or in YouTube um, in the comment section. Like, let me know. Let me know. Because at your best, you have a poem. So yeah, let me know. Because I don't know whether I should take that up. Um, I don't know why I've got a random note here that says, if your Christianity doesn't have you out in the streets, then it's white supremacy. Jesus was a radical. Don't use his name to be a bitch. I was I was clearly directing that as somebody Anyway, let's get on to the tarot Because I really feel like I have talked a lot But I felt like I had so much to fill you in on um, And I guess there'll be more things to fill you in on As we go along You know what? No, actually quickly I'm really irritated by the fact that people take my generosity For a weakness sometime I'm so scared of um, Not scared, but I'm so wary of ever being seen as a gatekeeper So when I have an event When I'm doing my things And other people holler at me And they're like Oh I want to be a part of your thing I'm like alright come through If you can no longer come through It's best practice to let me know directly That you can no longer do this thing For me to find out that you Are no longer able to do something That you asked to be a part of That's wild to me Because now when I'm like Nah Not involving anyone in my things Then I look mad I look crazy I don't know I'm just No Okay I'm not done Like This is just a general note To people who work with People like myself Right If you are ever going to put out A press release about somebody Run the terminology You want to use about them Past them I am so tired of telling people Do not refer to me as an activist Not because um, what I engage with is an activism It's just that there is a certain um, Godforsaken part of the internet Whatever the case may be That gets really, really riled up um, About who they consider to be activists And otherwise I don't really want them to speak in my direction With their dusty breath Their nasty breath So for that reason like Let people have the titles that they want Again, somebody commenting the other week About pro-blackness I never said to you any of that So you lot are throwing titles at me That I haven't actually said Like these are my titles So then if I take on the titles Then it's like Well, because you're this You can't do this And you shouldn't do that you shouldn't I just I'm just a baby girl in a baby world let me see your press releases about me before you decide to put them out 
because that is an absolute bitch to see a press release and be like, I would have never referred to myself as this. What the fuck are you doing? Okay, I think that's all my gripes. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's all my gripes. Anyway, let's get to the tarot. So it says here, hi, Kalechi. I hope you and your loved ones are well. First of all, I want to thank you for this podcast, all of the work you do, and for simply just being you. I can't explain how much your words have helped me throughout the years, and I as well um, as and I as well as other listeners appreciate everything you do. I know it's not always easy to speak your truth and stand up for what's right, but I pray that you are protected at all costs and all of your dreams and goals manifest into reality. Also, congratulations on your book. I can't wait to read it. Thank you. You sent this in April. So thank you. Um, I'd like to submit a tarot request. I know you receive a lot of these, so I understand if you don't get to read this, but thank you if you do. I feel like I'm existing and not living. I've been praying for so many years for God and the ancestors to reveal my purpose and show me the right path for me. On one hand, I feel like nothing is happening. However, on the other hand, I think that maybe everything that has happened, whether I like it or not, is leading me to where I need to be. I graduated from university in 2018 and my mental health took a dip as I struggled to find employment. I was unemployed for a while, signed up for the few, with a few agencies who gave me a few assignments and then I gained full-time employment working at a GP practice. This was the worst job ever. And I and finished whatever mental health I had left. I now work for a charity. And although I do my role very well, I don't enjoy it at all. The problem is, at the age of 27, I'm still unsure of what I want to do in life. I studied sociology at university and really enjoyed the subject. I recently applied for a um, social research master's course. However, I'm still unsure about whether I really want to do this. Deep down, I think I'm only pursuing this in the hope that it increases my employment prospects. I'm really passionate about travel. I enjoy traveling abroad and booking travel for myself and others. I'm a qualified independent travel agent. However, at the moment, I just use this to get um, agent deals for me and my loved ones when we travel. As much as I love traveling, planning holidays, etc., I don't see how I would realistically make a living from this. I know people are using TikTok and Instagram to create their travel businesses, but posting on social media isn't my thing. I just use it to view content. I genuinely don't know what I want to do and should do with my life, and I need some guidance from the cards, please. Should I follow the practical route and try to get a job in a field such as research or projects, etc.? Getting these jobs hasn't been easy for me. Should I study the master's course to better my chances of getting a more well-paid and fulfilling job? By the way, I have already told myself that I will only complete the master's course if I receive the scholarship I applied for. Should I create a career around travel? What should I do? What is my purpose? Please see my attached chart. Just for some context, I have social anxiety. I'm a procrastinator. Um, I have been told that I may have some type of depression and I've been seeing a therapist for around 14 months, which has helped me. But I feel like I have a long way to go before feeling truly happy in my personal and professional life. Any help you and the spirits can give me is greatly appreciated. Thanks again and wishing you all the best. A baby girl searching for her purpose. Ha! That will be the title of my autobiography. Let me tell you that. You're not the only one. A baby girl searching for her purpose. All right, let's get into the things. Let me have a look. I wanted to see where your Saturn is because your Saturn return should have 
will probably have started because you are, um, I guess, Saturn and um, Pisces. Yeah. So we've come. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So I love this. Fucking love astrology. I was saying the other day, well, I was thinking the other day and I've been thinking about it more and more that I want to... um, probably study psychotherapy. You know, for a while I thought that my master's was probably going to be in post-colonial studies. Um, and then I discovered tarot, astrology, all of that. But I'm really interested in how people's minds work. You know, I love behavioral sciences. I've said this loads on the show before. I'm interested in how we behave. Um, and so I was considering like, wouldn't it be cool if I, for instance, studied psychotherapy So then I could use what I've learned along with tarot and astrology to um, assist and, um, you know, assess people with their their mental health. Because that feels good to me when I think about it, when I say it out loud, that feels good to me because all of this industry stuff, I, I know for me, I just feel like I, you know, like I'm saying this because of what you mentioned about your purpose, baby girl, is that. I feel like we gather skills along the way and I have been in this um, in a similar situation to you trying to figure out what I want to do and thinking that it was one thing when actually that thing was just merely a component to help me do the other things that would then lead me to the thing that I can do and do for years and just be content and so excited that I get to do that thing every day. So I say that because 27 the baby in baby girl is very, very important for you to realize. So Pisces for you is your 10th house of career and vocation and public facing roles. So Saturn is in Pisces, your 10th house. Um, and it's making this, um, so you're having your Saturn return basically in, and this is happening in your 10th house, which means that over the next two years, there's going to be, um, a major kind of, um, reconfiguration of what you consider in terms of a career but I do feel like what the career might be leading you to is considering something to do with um I want to say like not drugs per se but something like that or music or yeah just I feel like it's going to deal with things that affect the collective, but on a spiritual level is where you're probably going to end up. But Saturn being there and your Saturn is retrograde, your natal Saturn is retrograde in Pisces. Um, So it's very on point that you're thinking now about all of these things, because I think that you sent the letter in as um, Saturn was going into Pisces. So whether you knew that or not, this question that you had is one that's going to be running for you over the next two years. You're going to be figuring all of this stuff out. But when it comes to having a Pisces 10th house, it's not so much about you having to figure this, the thing out. Like, a lot of life, because Pisces is ruled by Neptune, Neptune does that whole hazy thing where everything feels like an illusion. You're not quite sure. Um, it feels dreamlike. If you think of like um, Midsummer Night's Dream or maybe The Tempest, The Tempest comes to mind. Why am I making canonic references to only Shakespeare? But do you get what, do you get what I mean? Like because of Neptune, because of that, I think that your career for a while will feel hazy to you. And that's okay. You're encouraged to go with the flow. Like let life take you where you're needing to be. You can't, you shouldn't try to control this because there's something about your career that is not so much 
of an individual experience as it is a collective experience. Not collective in the way that the 11th house of Aquarius deals with, where like you said, you're not into social media like that, because then that would more give us a your 10th house being Aquarius, but we've got your 10th house as Pisces. So it's like you're wanting to be nothing and everything at the same time. So it, it, I feel like it's something that's just going to come to you um, over time. And then you've got a Scorpio sun as well. Scorpio sun in a sixth house and yeah, Pluto's there. Um, this is interesting because health wise, mental health wise, I think you would have taken a hit like you've mentioned in your letter, um, over the past like 18 months because of the South node being in Scorpio, um, and really kind of dealing with you in that way, it would have cleared up a lot of things where you're like, I don't enjoy because the sixth house for explanation's sake deals with work, our day-to-day work, as well as our, um, our health. Right. So over the past 18 months, you would have had a situations where, yeah, like you've mentioned, you're working a job and it's like, I can do this, but I don't enjoy this. This is not where I want to be. Now that South Node has gone into Libra, where actually your North Node is. So your North Node is actually to be creative. The fifth house is to be creative, to have fun. And I was going to say that to you from the moment I was reading your letter. And I was like, what if your, what if your purpose in life Stay with me. What if your particular purpose in life is just to have fun? I know it sounds wild. I know it sounds wild. But what if, because, and and I didn't, hadn't even seen your chart before that was playing on my mind. You've got a North Node there in Libra. Libra is about connection. It's about um, justice. It's about um, how we relate. Are We are relational beings, how we relate to other people. You've also got your Chiron there. So it feels like there's an element of that where you didn't feel like you related to many people growing up. You didn't usually feel like you were part of the group. Um, and maybe you were either, I feel like you were considered very serious, right? And so the North Node being there in Libra, um, is, I think it's coming to remind you that you cannot take life so seriously. Um, you have to ease up on yourself because aspects of that is affecting your mental health. There is so, there are so few things in this life that we can actually control. I'm saying that to you as a self-professed, like control freak, like, there are so few things that we can control and we only keep ourselves in a state of misery when we're trying to, when we're trying to control people, outcomes and things that we have no control over. If you could please for like the next eight months, think about what brings you pleasure. What brings you pleasure? You've talked to me so much about bills and I get it. I'm not being a dickhead, like giving you that spiritual bypassing, talking all the woo woo stuff when we've got like practical things that we need to be doing bills that we need to pay. Travel brings you pleasure, right? But you're like, mm, I still don't know. But I feel like, let me see. Yeah, see, seventh house, Sagittarius. So even the person that you're probably going to end up with, then they're going to be foreign. Um, Sagittarius, because you've got Jupiter, Mars in Sagittarius, Venus in Sagittarius, um, and Pluto, is that Pluto? Yeah, in Sagittarius. So it's your Mer- Mercury that I saw um, in Scorpio. That Those are all stacked in your seventh house, the seventh house is our relationships, um, the kind of contracts that we sign, the partnerships, the collaborations that we enter into. That's usually what the seventh house deals with. And your seventh house is stacked in, with um, Sagittarian um, energy. And so that energy pushes into Gemini 
in terms of broadcasting. So I feel like um, research again would you're not mentioning things that wouldn't be good for you because having a Gemini rising means that you'll be sick at research. You'll be sick at putting things out in, that people can learn from. So writing, broadcasting, all of them things you'd be really really good at it. Um, and so Sagittarius is sending that energy, but you. Sagittarius is about traveling. It's about learning from travel. Um, Jupiter loves being there as well. Like there's so much that is beneficial to you here. And it's funny that Jupiter is there in Sagittarius, um, deals with that and also rules Pisces. Well, Neptune um, rules Pisces in modern astrology, but historically Jupiter can go on as well. Um, so I feel like there's this energy there of that what you're searching for requires you to travel. So is there a way that you can do the whole travel thing and bring in elements of research? Is there um, a documentary that could be made from it? Is there a vlog? Is there something that could be made from it where you are very separate to the people that you're providing this for? So yours doesn't have to be um, a TikTok situation or Instagram. Could there be a blog? Or something that then because of the advertising that goes onto the blog You monetize that But I do feel that you the A lot of success for you is actually in foreign lands So the more that you travel You will find your purpose there I feel like you should As random as it seems get Save your money and go traveling um, But let's pull some cards Because girl I was talking Alright so switching cameras And so let's see if this is confirmed What I'm saying in case spirits like Girl shut up Like shut up But it's rarely that God Okay that's back Ah The audio Okay we've got um, King of Wands that comes out And that's fire Page of Wands That's fire as well So I feel like this is confirming What I said to you That you need to travel well, Let's see uh, Just get enough Oh there we go all right, I've started reading cards crossways. So I'm going to talk to you about all of these cards that came out crossways. Crossways means that they didn't come out like upside down or upright. They came out facing across. So we've got the King of Wands here um, and then followed by the Page of Wands. And then we've got the Hierophant crossways. I'll just put it upright so you can see the Hierophant. As well as the Three of Swords in well crossways as well and then seven of swords so the vibe that i'm picking up from here is that there is um oh and then eight of wands eight of wands is reversed and it was just a card that was just stuck in the middle of the deck um randomly so it's funny that we've got so much fire energy and then swords right so what I'm picking up from this is that a lot of your acclaim, the way that you're going to grow, where you're going to find your place of, I guess, in some way, sovereignty, self-sovereignty, um, all of that stuff comes from you traveling, from you going away. That's why we, you know, Sagittarius kept coming up because that's, um, you know, a fire sign. 
So I feel like that's why it kept coming up because we see the page of wands here, this person, the page of wands is very inexperienced at things and they're just learning how to use their fire. But you can see in the background, they're just in a desert somewhere, but they're content. They're content because they're figuring out how to play this ukulele they've got in their hands. They're just happy to be out. The king of wands came out first, basically saying that for you to get to the stage of the king of wands, you have to go through the learning of the page of wands. And um, when I look at the higher that's the only major arcana card that came out for you um there are some ideas around um dogma and um learning higher learning that you need to break away from people shouldn't be able to tell you what to do you know and i think that right now where you're at is that you're kind of confused about what you should do and um because of what people are around you are telling you. And I don't know if somebody said to you something like, no one's going to marry you if you're just always out, out, out. Like you have to figure out what you want to do with yourself. The three of swords here is saying that you're going to end up breaking your own heart if you um, keep trying to perform, um, perform reality, I think is the best way to describe it. Perform reality to everybody else. You're trying to sh perform um, being normal to everybody else and you're not you're not normal and that's okay I'm not normal you're not normal right because normality is or normalcy whatever you want to call it is a myth um it's in some regards a white supremacist myth is what I'm going to go with but sometimes that's too easy um a get out clause but I say that because this society um favors homogeneity it favors all all of us behaving as like one homogenous entity when we are not um and anybody that stands out in any way or wants to do something slightly different, it's like, how can you dare to be doing that? You're not allowed to do that. You're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want. And so my thing is like, you need to, oh baby, the cards that you've got, um, do what you want because the, the, the treasure that you are seeking in terms of fulfillment, it requires you to go to the sea, you know, and that's why we've got the Pisces, um, 10th house as well. Something to do with water, traveling water, travailing water. You've just, you've got to go. And I feel like you'll discover maybe something that you used to really enjoy when you were younger. And that brings us back to the fifth house as well, because the fifth house, um, rules children. And that's really important that the fifth house is asking you to remember your inner child, like, Remember, what is it that you really enjoyed as a child? What did you think you were going to grow up to be? And then what changed along the way? Because I'm not saying that necessarily what you um, thought you were going to grow up to be is what you should be doing now. But there is certainly something around that that you need to remember so that you can move forward. Because there is a way that this life, this society beats the imagination out of us. My God, it just steals our imagination away. And so we start limiting ourselves without people having to be, without people being in the room to do it for us. We just start doing it to ourselves where we're like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. That's ridiculous. You could do whatever the fuck you want. Start now. Yeah. And so the card that you've got from the Wisdom of the Oracle deck is Treasure Island. And I love that for you. And it's a tortoise. Is it a tortoise or a turtle? Child, I need to go back to them classes. Um, we went to an aquarium the other day. I was just looking like a looker, mate. Um, from the wisdom of the Oracle deck, you've got the treasure, you've got Treasure Island and this um 
person, not a person, this turtle slash tortoise, whatever, is carrying a treasure chest on their back. And I think it's important to note that as well, because you move in life at your own pace. Don't watch what anybody else is doing. You don't have to have all of this figured out. There are big, big people. There are people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, heck, 80s that still don't actually know what their purpose is and what they should be doing. You're not alone in that. It is part of the human condition. We've just been tricked into um, believing that, you know, you have it all figured out by a particular age because ask yourself, what do people mean when they say that you've got it figured out by a particular age? Usually what they're speaking to are capitalist ideals that, oh, you would have married. So you're sharing your tax with somebody, you're sharing resources with somebody, or you are owned by somebody, right? Or, and then you have a steady job because remember back in the day, you don't leave a job, you just stay there till you die. Um, So there are so many elements to it where they talk about having something figured out when you don't have much figured out at all. You've just become a very, very good cog in the system of um, capitalism. That's all it is. And so when you don't want to be a cog and you're like, what else can I do with, you know, my functionality and you're discouraged from just, you know, discovering what that is. Fam, you studied sociology, so I don't even have to tell you all of this stuff, but it's important to know in it. And it's interesting that you got that Treasure Island is number nine because um, Sagittarius, well, you know, usually you'd see in the ninth house if the chart was a particular way with Aries being the rising sign. Anyway, it says here, the Oracle's message, you've worked hard and acted upon your unwavering belief in abundance. And suddenly in the midst of it all, you hit the jackpot. You have uncovered the map to bury treasure and tapped the unlimited potential within you. What you must hone now is, let me switch. What you must hone now is your ability to recognize when X marks the spot. Because some of these golden opportunities may be obvious, but others may not be so readily obvious. Um, or readily apparent, ignore me. Trust your intuition to light your way now as you enter this truly prosperous phase where all the long hard work navigating your inner life is now paying off externally. In all aspects of your life at this time, you have good fortune. Don't forget to enjoy it and share it with others as treasure shared multiplies like magic. Now for you, I feel like that is the outcome of this process. So I feel like that's what you have to look forward to over the next um, two years or after the the two years I'd say by the time you're 33 then then you'll really really like be soaring um and so it's a gradual process for you the eight of wands I forgot to talk about the eight of wands that came out in reverse but the real only thing I was I would have said about that card is that um your mind is blocked from receiving uh, messages of inspiration because you are very, very worried about getting this wrong. You know, that's also why I think the Hierophant is there crossways as well. We have this fear as um, people, as black women specifically, I would even say of getting it wrong, whether it's the wrong partner, the wrong job, the wrong look, the like just worried all the time about getting it wrong. Fam, People are getting it wrong all day, every day. You can't come and kill yourself. It really is what it is. And also the secret is that you can't get it wrong unless you're like a murderer, like you can't, or a a pedophile, like, or rapist. Like, you know, those are the things that, those are the people who have gotten it wrong. Do you get what I mean? Like in terms of your day-to-day living, in terms of finding a path that really speaks to your heart, really speaks to your soul, you can't get it wrong. As you said yourself, all of these Um, bits that seem like disparate they don't seem to connect they are all part of your bigger story if you'd asked me in 2013 like why are you going to a pole dance class I don't know I just want to go 
And I followed the intuition and I went to the pole dance class. I've just had a memory there. I have to really rate people who are in your life. Um, so I went to the pole dance class and then we cut to 2023, 10 years later. And I've got a pole dance studio and that pole dance studio has been the backdrop of so many things that I've been able to do and how I've been able to do them. So in the moment, the things don't make sense. And I'm giving you a perfect example, actually, because I was 27, right? I was 27 when that was happening, when I went to try pole dance, 27 and or going to 27 that year. And then this year I'm going to 37. And can you see like, I didn't know why I was doing the thing. So I'm glad that you wrote into me because I'm, I promise you the things don't make sense. When your body starts calling for you to do something and you're like, ah, I'm going to go and do this thing. I would say, don't fight it. Like see what there is to discover there because all of it is part of you kind of working out this map that is your destiny, that is your life. And that leads you to the treasure. But I don't even feel like it particularly leads you to a treasure. There are so many treasures along the way. Even the journey itself is a treasure because you get a chance to do it because so many other people don't have the chance to do this. So just keep that in mind. But I want to, I want to read you the protection message because that's the one I felt when I opened this page that I should read without even seeing what it says. It says here, poverty, consciousness, and a sense of not enough cast a shadow on your path. These ideas and core beliefs, Hierophant, come with a high cost. Do you really want to proclaim yourself a victim of disappointment and failed expectations? Are you avoiding success because you will grow so tall that others will want to cut you down? Or is it possible that you're caught in a fear that you will lose what you have acquired so you hold on so tight that you miss the opportunities to expand? You are challenged to change the way you see the world and move from a perception of limitations to a perception of abundance. Take a risk for you have nothing to lose except your confinement in a prison of your own making. Open the door and find the abundance waiting for you to claim it. And it's funny that it mentions that thing about um, accept your confinement in a prison of your own making because Pisces we would find usually in the 12th house and 12th house is the house of self-imprisonment, right? And so there is an aspect of your career, 10th house Pisces, that you have to liberate yourself. You are only tied in or locked in or confined by the um, limitations that you set. So take from that what you will. And then finally, from the Dickhead in Recovery Affirmation card deck designed by me, we have what I am seeking is also seeking me. I don't think you can even see that. What I'm seeking is also seeking me. So you're not lost. Your purpose is also, your, your purpose is also calling to you. Like your purpose is you and has never left you, but the things that are aligned to your purpose are also seeking you. The fact that you've become curious, curiosity, I believe is like when our signal starts being activated by the universe, when we start wondering what if that is us coming alive and the universe like deeply, intimately interacting with us, because the moment we ask what if the universe can show us the many possibilities that um, can come from that what if. So I have every hope in you and I'm sorry that things feel confusing and hard sometimes, but um this is all good news in a grand scheme of things. Don't be scared. You will only break your own heart if you don't take the opportunities. Just try. I, I, you know, I hate that word try, but, you know, just do it. Just do it. No Nike. Just do it. So I pray that that resonates with you. And um, I will stop here briefly and big up this week's show sponsors who are Dipsy. 
You know if like Dipsy No, not Dipsy Do you know if like the reception in Broadstairs was great When I went to the seaside I would have been able to pop my headphones in And just listen to a Dipsy story Like who child Um, If you don't know Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring numerous uh, scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. And you can discover stories for for pretty much about anything. Um, You can listen to your um, audios uh, from, I don't know, like there are so many creators, I think, that, that are on there that, can really get you going. My, I, I, there's one. I think somebody DM'd me the other day because I put them on to the one with the actor that's in Insecure. Yo, yo, <laughs> that story <laughs> is really, really something. Um, Dipsy is radically inclusive. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56% of stories are voice acted by people of color. You can um, listen to, like I said, spicy audio stories. Then there's new content that's released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have uh, soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories. So you can read that as well. If you're not reading Edge of Here by me, obviously. Um, So let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind or heat things up with a partner. Yeah. So for the listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash straws. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash straws. Dipsystories.com slash straws. Go and get your sensual listening on. Anyway, let's get to share your magnificence. So this week for Share Your Magnificence, I wanted to big up first and foremost Coco Gauff for winning the US Open, the women's singles. Um, well done, Black Queen. Queen Empress, well done. I'm so impressed. Like, yes, Black Supremacy. Wrong, wrong. Hey, wrong, wrong. Black Women Supremacy. <laughs> I'm joking before one motherfucker decides to put me on GB news to talk shit. No, I feel like it's a very, very momentous occasion. Like it's just beautiful. I love when um, women are excelling at sports. It was a tough like match as well. Very, very tough. But um, she was playing against Arina Sabalenka and um, she was like, bye bye Arina. Um, It was a tough match. I give it to them. I give it to them. But um, this. There's a singer called Coco in it. So many Cocos. My personal training business used to be called that as well. I just love the name, obviously. Um, oh, and she's a Pisces. Oh, Coco. See? To like, see? Pisces be doing things. Um, I'm so happy for her. Like she just stay winning, girl. Stay winning. Um, Naomi Osaka's living her life. You do what you're doing. Um I love it for her. Prize money, 11 million. Yo, no wonder I was dreaming about tennis rackets. Lord, make my wrist stronger. Pause. Um, <laughs> so two slaps on your chest, Coco. 
that's absolutely wonderful. Big up yourself. Big up yourself. That's wonderful that you were able to do that. You deserve it. Um, and then I saw a story about um, people experiencing homelessness in, I think, Canada. Was it in Toronto? I could be wrong, but definitely in Canada, where they were given no strings attached um, cash transfers to just get on with life. And would you believe it? they got on with life. And so when we have this whole idea that, oh, if you give people money, if you give people who are experiencing homelessness, if you give them money, they're just going to go and do something wild with it. And um, like, or they're going to go and take drugs or this. Do you know how cold it is outside? Even if what they said that they wanted to go and use the money for is to go and buy um, alcohol or drugs. Like, do you understand how cold it can be outside? Like, please, shush. But other than that, it's just because like it can be really, really hard for people to do the things that they need to do. They don't have a phone. They don't have a forwarding address. They don't have this. They don't have that. Like it's not as easy as you think. So having a large chunk of money can help them to get a phone, can help them to get, I don't know, a PO box or rare, rare, rare. It just helps them to get certain things. I don't know. A storage unit, something, a place to live. God. Um, So it says here, um, unconditional cash transfers reduce homelessness. A core cause of homelessness is a lack of money, yet few services provide immediate cash assistance as a solution. We provided a one-time unconditional um, cash um, of $7,500 transfer to individuals experiencing homelessness, which reduced homelessness and generated net societal savings over one year. Two additional studies revealed public mistrust in homeless individuals' ability to manage money and the benefit of counter-stereotypical or utilitarian um, utilitarian uh, messaging in garnering support for cash transfers. This research adds to growing global evidence on cash transfers, benefits for marginalized populations and strategies to increase policy support. Although not a panacea, um, cash transfers may hasten house, um, housing stability with existing social supports. Together, this research offers a new tool to reduce homelessness, to improve homelessness uh, reduction policies. And... Um, You'd think that's obvious. Oh, it's Vancouver. Look at me saying Toronto. I put everything to Toronto because my geography is as bad as Kenya Moore's. I'm not even going to go into the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion because there are things that need to be said. And, um, well, I'll just wait to say them. I hear myself. Yeah, I'll just wait to say them. But it says here, this is simply an extraordinary study. Researchers gave $7,500 Canadian dollars to homeless people in Vancouver. The result, the program saved money. It helped many of them to move into housing faster, which saved the shelter system $8,277 per person. Imagine that. Um, So somebody, the person wrote here, let that sink in. $8,277 um, it's more than the value of the cash transfers, $7,500, which means the transfers paid for themselves. It's literally free money. I find it difficult to exaggerate the implications of this finding. It could revolutionize, um, it could, girl, find your fucking words. It could revolutionize how we deal with endemic problems like poverty and homelessness. It turns out that all along, we've had a super effective medicine. It's called money. Um, Somebody, they, he goes on to say, important caveat, this is a small study and it only enrolled participants who'd been homeless for under two years without severe mental health or substance abuse issues. Um, in future studies, they want to scale up and help a broader population of homeless people. 
Full disclosure, there's one additional reason why I really love this experiment. As a writer, you often wonder about the actual influence of your work um, and can articles and books make a difference? It's one thing to write about how much we, um, how we could make the world a better place, but it's much more difficult to do it. But in 2017, I received an email from Claire for Change. Um, she said she had watched my earlier TEDx talk on cash transfers and that she had just quit her job. In fact, she started fundraising. Today, Claire is the CEO of F4 Social Change, the organization behind the landmark study. It's been six years since Claire, her co-founder, Franz um, Jalinji, and I met in Vancouver and here we are. Um, I love that because like, We've been saying it all along. Whenever they ask me, come and talk about knife crime. How do we have knife crime? I said it to Keir Starmer and I'll say it to all the people then. Give people money. Give people money and let them live in a way that feels like they have integrity. And I promise you, a lot of the societal ills that we're finding, a lot of the problems that we're trying to deal with can be dealt with if you just actually gave the public money rather than keeping the money to yourselves and looking down on the general public. You see it. Like, oh, how do we deal with homelessness? Give people money. I was on Times Radio earlier on today going through this um, weekend's um, front, uh, this weekend's newspaper front pages. And one of the stories was about, oh, the... um, that shoplifting has gone up. Oh my God, people are shoplifting more and more. And I was like, because we keep treating um, people who are experiencing um, lower socioeconomic um, statuses and things like that, um, or as they would call them, poor people, keep treating being poor, as it were, um, or not having a lot of money and resources as a moral failing, as opposed to an institutional and systemic failing. Like is if anybody is poor in your country and you are running that country, then you're a fucking idiot. As far as I'm concerned, there will be no country that I'm running and the people them aren't happy or like not even happier because I can't quantify their happiness, but they will definitely have their things. Sha. They will have their things. So, yeah, I mentioned that and I said, so I'm not really going to be beefing people who are shoplifting. I'm going to face my front. And then the host Alexis Conran was like, yeah, but what if it's a small independent business? And I'm like, you know what? That's where I'm conflicted because I feel it for the small business. But at the same time, it's it's a governmental issue. Why we're in this position is because you lot wanted to pay £250 million for a coronation. So <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I swear I don't know what to tell you. Don't know what to tell you. Get rid of the monarchy. <laughs> Aaliyah would be proud I don't know Would she have been a monarchist? Oh, sometimes Americans I don't know But rest in peace baby girl um, So that's what I wanted to say about that Anyway um, The main bulk of Sharing magnificence this week Is actually me talking to the baby girl The Trini baddie I love Trini accents Not because of Brent Brent's going to get so excited Brent Nobody's talking about you today We've established that you're fine Nobody's talking about you right now Aside from Brent, I love Trini accents. Yo, Tanil, Tanil Clark, a baby girl. Right, so 
Tenille Clark is one of the most recognized public relations specialists in the Caribbean. Um, she's well known for, across various industries for having her finger on the pulse of all things current, trending and relevant. She's the managing director and principal publicist of Chambers Media Solutions, a well-respected full service company that works alongside various events, organizations and personalities to handle high profile public relations, media, communications and entertainment uh, portfolios. Um She's amazing. Like, I can't tell you how amazing Tenille is. She's also the founder and managing director of Industry 360, a safe space initiative which aims to bring a holistic perspective to the Caribbean framework of the creative industries through advocacy, outreach and grassroots dialogue and towards the development of emerging professionals. Tenille has successfully collaborated on masterclasses and press trips in the arenas of fashion, beauty, carnival and music Such as Spice Mess Press Trip 2023, which Richie Brave went to and he looked amazing Everybody looked amazing Um, So that was um, really prominent And as well as that, she was invited to speak as part of the esteemed um, um, panel For the 62nd session of the United Nations Commission on the Status of Women um, That happened in New York City um, she's great and she's a, a storyteller and uh, a writer in her own right. Tenille is fantastic. I even think like with the work she's doing, there is a podcast in there somewhere about the Caribbean experience, um, even about carnival. Like there is a ju- juicy podcast in there somewhere, somewhere. Anyway, she's a bad girl. I love her. So listen to the incredibly beautiful, incredibly sexy, intelligent, gorgeous, so enlightened Tenille Clark. And um, yeah, we'll catch up in a bit. Ooh, you gorgeous, gorgeous baby girl, Tenille Clark. Yes, finally. I'm so excited to be speaking with you. Wow. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm so Yes, your energy. Your energy is just, you know, it's perfect. It's gorgeous. It's everything. Um, Yeah, I can't wait for us to kind of just like dive into everything and get into the conversation. But you're just phenomenal. Like when we look at like people who are reclaiming the culture, like you go out there, you reclaim the culture and then you invite everybody in. Like my friend Rich, he was recently with you in Grenada. Richie and I have been friends for a very, very long time, over 15 years. Wow. Even when he was in the not-for-profit space before Mm -hmm. he fully transitioned into media, we've been friends for a long time. So I was so happy to have him here for such an incredible project and experience. Yes. So like, it's, it's, it's really fantastic what you do in that way, like how you bring um, everybody together in order to celebrate and also um, amplify the, you know, that the Caribbean experience. Yes, that's correct. I think it's really, really important. I feel like COVID gave us some time to really sit down and think and to be still. Um, And I had a lot going on through the COVID period. Mm -hmm. My father was dying and I was taking care of him but I was also thinking about what would I want my legacy to be um as an extension of the work that you know he has poured into me you know and the Caribbean has just been always so important so I'm a dual citizen between Mm -hmm. Canada and Trinidad and Tobago Mm -hmm. but I've always held on to Trinidad and Tobago as home Mm -hmm. and I want to be able to share in those Caribbean 
experiences from a history and heritage standpoint. I want people to be able to tell the stories, but I also want us as Caribbean people to understand that we have the authority to tell our stories our way. And for a long time, that has not been the case. Um, So whether you're from indigenously from the Caribbean or you're a descendant of someone from the Caribbean, I want you to be able to have that connection. And it's a beautiful connection to have. It's so wonderful to see people enjoying themselves, having a great time. Ah, I just, I really love it because I think that in the nature of people seeing the aesthetics, the the fantastic beauty of like things like carnival and, and people playing mass and things like that, the beauty of it sometimes I think people forget that the cult, that the actual culture, the history, the context of everything that's happening, that essentially this celebration is also a protest. The context is resistance. It always has been and it will always be. So whether you see people getting up at four o'clock in the morning to go play juvie yeah. or they're at yeah. the barn house picking up their costumes to be in all of their resplendent glory on the road, the context is always resistance and that stems from the transatlantic slave trade period. There's no way to escape that. And, and it's funny because people try to, and I think that you can't take the education away from the experience. Like it's so important. And this is why I just think you're so phenomenal, like reading so much about you and just seeing how you've kind of moved through various industries um, and, you know, showing up as this a very, very respected voice um, and expert in this field is phenomenal to see because oftentimes black women aren't respected for what they know. Right. It's, it's, I feel like it's an honor for me to, one, be able to stand on the shoulders of, of persons and, and mentors that have made sure that I understand the significance of the work. People like Yvette Noel Shaw, who is a dear friend and a mentor to me. Everybody knows Yvette as Beyonce and Chloe and Halley's, John Legend, Kelly Rowland, everybody's favorite publicist, right? And I've been you know, gifted this opportunity to be able to be, you know, guided and inspired by by her, especially because she is Grenadian. She is from the Caribbean. Um, But I am also honored to be able to stand with with partners. I believe in networking across and up. So it's, it's not just about understanding who is in a position of authority now, but who will be in a position of authority tomorrow. These are my colleagues and my friends who will, you know, be able to to make important decisions for the generations that come after us. So I don't ever take the work that I do lightly. Um, It is often arduous, hard, straining, almost work that, that, that people think is nearly impossible. And you have to be audacious in that regard to to be able to take things to the next level. And I'm determined in this lifetime to do what I can to ensure that the Caribbean story is amplified in a respectful way. That's it. I, and you know, I love that. I love hearing you say that it, because the, about being audacious and the respect that is necessary and the fact that it is the, the indigenous people that 
kind of of the culture that needs to tell their stories for themselves because oftentimes it's repackaged and resold to I guess I would say like the western gaze for the for them to for for, for them to consume it for us as it were to consume um a, a culture that then even in that ostracizes people and leaves experiences out that they're like well that's not glamorous I don't want that to be a part of it and Everything is about take, 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 as opposed to what can you give? What can you give? What can you add to the culture that you are experiencing right now? So I love, you know, that you do that. And I, for me also, looking at the work that you do and even here, you know, you are being so amazing and sharing with us in this way. Like you mentioned, your, you know, with your father and then recently, um, you know, my condolences, you had um, you, another loss. And how do you like navigate pushing forward, pushing forward with your beliefs and, and, and the vision that you see for us collectively whilst also navigating grief? It's, it's a challenge. Um, I would like to tell you these last few months in understanding the importance and the imperativeness of the work, it has been a challenge, you know, navigating Jonty's passing and, mm. and, you know, the work operates in duality. You mm. understand the importance of it for other people, but you also have to understand the importance for it for yourself as well. Um, and because I have, two main roles, at least for right now, as a publicist and then as a writer, I try to use the work as well to catharsize. Um, And writing really has been that that point of catharsis for me. So when I wrote that story for Vogue, um, which was commissioned um, by the EIC and the the deputy EIC, I understood that it was an opportunity for me to really memorialize Jonty's memory. Jonty was actually the catalyst, one of the catalysts for the reasons why I did the press trip in the Grenada in the first place, because he was so ambitious about the future of Grenada and he loved his island so much. And he said, Tan, you know, you have to do something fabulous. You're so fabulous. You have to bring that energy. So he he was one of the reasons why I really thought that it was important to continue this work. So when I wrote that, that, um, that eulogy, Mm -hmm. so to speak for him, it was to kind of immortalize his legacy in a really, really powerful way. Um, and nobody can ever take that away from him. It's not even about me at this point. I am just the medium for which his story was told in the most honest way that I could tell it, but it was to memorialize his legacy because he was about leading with love despite all of the adversity that he had been through in his lifetime. And I just hope that this story even if you didn't know him, if you knew him, you loved him. But even if you didn't know him by reading that story, you would be able to love him too. Absolutely. When I read that in British Vogue um, about John T. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I felt it. I felt it so deeply. And it, it then raised other, um, you know, questions um, and observations and contemplations about our various cultures and how do we honour you know our our siblings like what what is it like what exactly do we think we're doing here like what how are we 
you know, looking after each other? Are we protecting each other? How are we allowing each other to live um, and to thrive to the full expanse of our own individual divinity? So reading your loving way of bringing every, you know, um, Jonty's story to the fore, it was, it was phenomenal, you know, and on the other side of that, I've read your other writing when you might be writing about Jada Kingdom, that there is a care, there is a love that you write about those around you. And I don't think people can learn that. I think it's innate. I I, I think, you know, with Jada specifically, um, she has felt so misunderstood throughout the course of her career. She has openly stated to me that she hates doing interviews. And by the time, you know, we sat down and we had the conversation, I remember her manager reaching out to me afterwards and saying, Jada, just send me a message and told me that was the best interview that she has ever done in her entire career. Um, so I want be I want to be able to create these little safe spaces that people um, can can share their stories, whether it's of an adverse nature, whether it's a, of a triumphant nature. Mm. But also, I think I've really been blessed with the opportunity to be um, protected and cared for by other people as yes. well. So I just want to be very transient in the way that I tell stories. I'll even give you an example. I have to take the opportunity to really thank Abdul Karim Abdullah from Afrochello Festival. He has spoken my name in so many rooms. Wow. Um, he invited me in 2019 to speak at Afrochello Festival on a panel called Black Girl Magic Breaks Borders. And it's been up and stuck ever since. He, he he is one of those persons that really advocate for this space, for, for this diaspora space. Yes. And we are thousands of miles apart, but we never lose sight of the goal, which is to stay connected. And that was one of the most powerful stories I've been able to tell within the last year, that African cultural diplomats story that I wrote for Essence. Mm -hmm. I think it's really, really important for us to stay connected through history and heritage and to ensure that whatever it is that we do in this lifetime, that we leave this space better than when we first met it. Amen. I love it. You're just a vibe. Like I just, I was so excited for us to talk and I'm even more excited with us talking. Like it's, it's wild. It's wild. And then in terms of like for you then, because you mentioned, you know, um, publicist, writer. Um, but I look at like your, when you're talking now, but when I've seen videos of you during interviews or discussions, like it feels like there's something more, there's like something else, not even more, but there's something else that's like coming through. Is there something else that you want to be doing in, in tandem with all of these things currently? I feel like I am constantly evolving. So mm. even me doing the idea of, of doing these press trips in collaboration with tourism boards, that may not have been the Tenille or the Ten two years ago, mm. you know? So I, I think I've always have had this mantra that nothing is outside of my reach. Amen. Absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. If, if I want to partner with someone and I have some incredible partnerships coming up in the next year, I'm going to find a way to get it done. But because I'm always constantly thinking of ways to promote the Caribbean space and the world is, is, is 
constantly evolving. So will I, you yes. know, and I think that that is, that is the, the, the part of me that is difficult at times because sometimes you want to hold on to a specific version of yourself because yeah. you're just so happy and, and so thrilled and so honored and, and in so much awe of, of the possibilities, but you know, you have to metamorphosize and move <laughs> on to a different version of yourself in order to give the thing to the space that you want to enrich. So yes. there will always be something that I need to get done or I think is important that will benefit not just the Caribbean and the diaspora, but the African diaspora as yes. well. How do we stay connected? How do we hold space for community? How do we uh, accommodate space for people that want to do different things? And, yes. you know, it's in once in a while you want to change around what your living room looks like. And yeah. this is my living space. So <laughs> it will change to suit. I love that. That is an incredible <laughs> response because it speaks to me so deeply. People are like, oh, you're a multi-hyphenate. You do this, you do that. And I'm like, the calling is always the calling. Yes. How I answer it can always change, right? Yeah. You know, if yes. I'm upstairs, the phone's ringing, I'm going to answer it upstairs. If I'm downstairs in the kitchen, I'm going to answer it. Wherever I am, I'm going to answer the yes. calling. So that's what, yes. when you say that, it speaks to me because it's like, yeah, the calling as in to to um, amplify and to celebrate you know, my culture, who I am, all of that will always be there. How I answer it, that just and, shit, it moves around. And again, for me, there is no limit for what mm. that means. So yeah. in five years, I could be sitting down with the president of the United States discussing yes. how do we integrate more cultural programming in um for, for Americans to understand the significant role that Caribbean people have played Amen. to enrich the space. I could be doing anything. Nothing is outside of my reach. And I want to be able to use the work that I do to also empower other people um, from, from this space who are often taught that, that they are limited in their environments in, yeah. in terms of what they can do. You know, I'm based in the Caribbean, even though I travel often, but mm -hmm. I don't want that to be a set limit on, on what people expect of themselves yes. and, and what they can expect of others and the space around them to, to empower them with, to, to do things that they think that they could not do in this lifetime or the next one. True. It's so true. Because I went to Jamaica recently and it was one of the best trips that I've had because it was helping me to connect the dots. It was like I was, you know, just being in Kingston and going, you know, going to various places and us traveling out for the day, you know, day trips and things like that. And I, it, it, woke me up to the fact that oh what I've been trying to do is I'm trying to connect the dots I'm trying yeah. to see where we all went and then and bring it together so I I have a story of us you know and so I was just like I had that like same <laughs> I had that same experience when I was in Ghana both in 2019 and when I was there last year I remember the first trip yeah. that I went the final day because everybody told me I needed to go to Cape Coast but to go on the last day because I needed I needed a full day to really emotively kind of process yes. everything. And I went to Cape Coast and I was having a conversation with the guide that was on the property. And he said, where are you from? I said, from Trinidad and Tobago. He said, Trinidad. 
that is in the Caribbean. He's like, wow, well, welcome. You have come a long way mm. and you are, you are the descendant of the ancestors that yeah. refused to die. <laughs> and I feel like that completely, that entire trip, that entire experience yeah. being there for Afrochella, but being among people that I have not seen, but seen. Mm. Um, I think that changed the entire trajectory in me understanding the power of storytelling. His simple words. Yes. He's not a storyteller. He's just a man that is doing his job in sharing information. And he said to me, you are descendants of the ancestors that refused to die. And I say, what and I say, else I am I supposed to do after that? But be good That's and it. be great and be the best. That's it. That's that, that's, that's it. it. And 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 that's it. And and so we're here all connecting the dots. Like, did you see that? Have you got that? Because I've got this. Here you go. And I found this. And what did you find? Yeah. And we're putting it all together. And then th- that's how our ancestors continue to live on because we're taking all of the f- the fragments that we feel that we found to put it together. So we have the picture. We have the bigger picture. That this the is the good it. bits all- and the bad bits. All of it. And yeah, that, all no, we've al- yeah, we've always been great, but we've always been yeah. multi-layered, multi-dimensional. So let's put it all together. So I, yes. I really, really relish seeing just the joy. And yeah, I, I went out to dinner with Richie last night and we were talking and I was just looking at him like, he's so like the trip changed him in the best way. He's already, we know him to be a phenomenal man, but he said to me that the trip did so much for him on an energetic level. So, you know, I, I just, I just think it's, I just think it's wonderful. I just think it's wonderful. Grenada is such a, a special space. Um, the, the, I think one of the, the things that the Grenada Tourism Authority was really looking forward to the press guests to experience was the jab. Yes. Jab is, is such a sacred, sacred tradition that requires, first of all, Juve and Jab is a great equalizer. I call it that because you can be everything and everybody and nobody at the same time. I yes. even told the prime minister this um, when I took Richie to, to interview him um, a couple of weeks ago. I said it's the great equalizer and you re- it takes nothing of you to participate in tradition and the sacredness of that. You don't need to buy a package. You don't, you, you don't need anything. Mm-hmm. You just, you, it, for me, it's a little bit reminiscent of the church. You know, the church yes. says, come as you are. Yeah, 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 you yeah, come yeah. as you are. People will find you. People will help you. If you don't have oil, if you don't have charcoal oil, they will give you charcoal oil. If you need a bottle of water, somebody will find a bottle of water and give it to you. But it's all of us swelling in this power of community yeah. And just really relishing in this moment that we are still here. We are still here. We are carrying a, 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 a powerful spiritual energy with us. And it we, we deserve to be seen in yes. this state. Yes. It's just a really... So I, I do understand. I think the, the trip changed a lot of us but for someone like rich who has been doing such important work um in the uk along with you and several other people fiona from new york caribbean and just so many other people 
I think it it really was an anchoring moment yes. for him as well to remind him why he was specially designed to carry what can often be a heavy burden of yes. responsibility to do that work. And I want that, I, I want that feeling for everybody. I want mm. that feeling, I want everybody to be able to come here and connect. We are so much more than sun, sea, and sun. We have beautiful beaches, don't yeah, get yeah. me wrong. But we are so multidimensional and powerful and great and, and symbolic in, in the way that we live, the way that we dance, the way that we sing, the way that we invite people to our homes, the way that we cook for them. It's just, we are so, we are an amalgamation of so many beautiful things. And I hope everybody gets to experience that at least once, Amen. at least once. Can't wait. Well, we can't wait to have you here because I need to bring you to Trinidad for Carnival. So we have to talk I'm about that. Ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't know how you're blocking off the time because you're I doing will... a million things. You're I will block. I will things. block it off. I will be there. All of no, me. You definitely have to. Yeah. I have to. I, I can't you. wait, especially because <laughs> Trinidad specifically, you know, like, no, I have to because, um, so the person that helps me with my show, Bren, He's from Trinidad and Tobago and he's, <laughs> and he's going to love this episode. We're everywhere. We like, hallelujah, we in everything. He's going to love this episode. But he was teaching me on our way to New York. Um, When I had my live show, we were on the, we were on a, you know, the long flight heading to New York from London. And he was teaching me different things and talking to me about the spiritual aspects of Trinidad and Tobago, like teaching me things. And I was just like, I need to go. I need to go yeah. because that makes sense. Because in Yoruba culture, this happens in Yoruba culture and da, 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 yes. da. and he was like yeah see so we actually had a, a, a nigerian um as part of our press guest i don't know if you know her joy ofodu no i was she watching the a- videos though she was yeah oh, yes, i loved she it really just even seeing joy dance i call her, her new nickname is spice mask joy because she was just <laughs> in her full glee but seeing her dance and you know, traditional Yoruba dances and you just saw that side of her come out. And again, that's why I said you don't have to be connected to the Caribbean as a Black person to understand the significance of this space. You are able to connect the dots in your own little way. And I think that is so exciting and so real and so true and so promising for the true power of community. You know, we have not, we've only begun to scratch the surface. That is so true. And I appreciate you, Tanil, for helping me connect the dots. And as you say, we're only just scratching the surface. And sometimes that can feel ominous for people. Like, oh, I don't know what's going to be there. I don't know. But actually, no, let's be excited because yes. it's, it's treasure. It's treasure. It's yes. a remembering. It's a collective remembering. And we need to remember. So thank you. Yes. I appreciate you. No problem. I I just feel like it's so important for us. I mean, even for the way that I was able to be able to 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 hold community and hold space with you this morning, it's just I'm I have these constant pervasive reminders that hey, you know what? The work that you're doing may not be recognized in the moment now, but hopefully 20, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, it would have set a foundation or continue to build on a foundation mm-hmm. rather for the work that that is to come. 
you know, and, mm-hmm. and that is all that I can be grateful and thankful for, you know? And I think of thankful and thank God, and that's what Kalechi means. So <laughs> not you knowing the meaning, not you knowing yeah. the meaning. <laughs> it's all full circle. I, I believe in divinity and, 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 and divine work, and I just think that everything is connected. There's connections in everything. And that's the true power. That is so true. Ah, thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with myself and the beautiful, absolutely stunning and wonderful Tennille Clark. I can't wait to see her because I'm going to play mass. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to play mass. I can't wait. <laughs> It's going to be amazing It's going to be a mother Um, And that's next year it looks like So I better I better get myself together I mean I don't really have to worry too much About my front because I get laser hair removal But even if I didn't like You know do you if you want your hair out Like you want to do whatever you want to do do that But um, I don't So yeah I can't wait Because I want my costume to bang like I want my costume to be ridiculous so um yeah that would be super fun oh before I forget talking about no so thank you to Neil two slaps on your chest thank you so much for joining me talking of travel I'm going to be in Baltimore yes. I'm going to be in Baltimore baby girls baby boys baby non-binary so I'm going to the Afros and Audio um podcast festival um, that's happening in Baltimore And I'm hoping that You can come along You know, if you're in, you know, east side Even if you're on west side Whatever you feel like If you want to come to the It's a podcast convention If you want to come through Come through Like, I'm sure we'll have um, a great time But um, in case that you're like Okay, I don't know if I want to come to the actual thing And hear you talk I'm just bringing up my bits now not my bits, but you know, um, here we go. So yeah, in case you're just like, you know what? I don't know about all of that. I'm thinking of doing a meet and greet, um, in Baltimore for, you know, a small group of people, um, on the Saturday. So that would be 21st, Saturday, 21st of October. I know it's around the corner, literally next month, literally next month. So Saturday, 21st of October, I'm going to be at the Afros and Audio Podcast Festival. So I'm going to be speaking in the day um, in the daytime alongside Bernard Achampong. Um, so we're going to be speaking about what it's like, you know, in terms of British uh, creatives and podcasting, bringing that. Because I feel like oftentimes um, Americans don't really know too, too much about British podcasts. Um, and there are certain ones that they know, which is amazing. But it's just talking about the fact that we can universalize our experiences and, um, by listening to each other's content. And I think that, you know what, um, apps like TikTok have really helped with this because there are certain um, British podcasts that are doing incredibly well on TikTok just due to the algorithms and the way that it just pushes out content. So people are hearing British voices in a way that they haven't heard British voices before. So just it's great that I get the chance to be out there to contextualize all of that, as well as share my experiences of um, or my experience of being um, a black British podcaster. 
So that's going to be super fun. I'm going to be in Baltimore. Where's like, doesn't the kind of DMV area slap for seafood or am I wrong? Baltimore, is that also where The Wire was based? Because, you know, imagine I've watched The Wire from beginning to end like five times or like, yeah, at least four times. And I swear it's Baltimore. I could be wrong. Um, it is because it was like the, the 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 newspaper was called like the Baltimore Star or something, something. I could be wrong. I could have made that up as well. But, but like I said, I'm going to be in Baltimore um, 21st of October. And I'd really, really, really love for you to be um, um, at that talk. So you can get a day pass. So you can be at the talk or if you'd prefer from around 2 p.m. I'll be doing a meet and greet. And if you want to get a copy of the book as well, because we haven't got the U.S. publishers yet. But if you want to get a copy of the book, you want me to bring that along. There's a way that you can buy your ticket for the meet and greet that will include your book so I can sign it. And I'll be doing a few, I think five tops, five 30 minute in-person tarot readings. And I really love in-person tarot readings because the energy is through the roof. Um, So usually um, doing it via Zoom, doing it via email, all of these things are wonderful because uh, my accuracy, I thank the most high for it. But there's something about reading for somebody in person that is just mad. So um, there'll be a form. Uh, like a form for you to fill out to show your interest in the show notes of this episode. So let me know if you're planning what you want to come to, what you're planning to do, and if you'd like to be at the meet and greet, or if um, and or if you'd want an in-person tarot reading from me. It'll be thirty minutes, one to one, on the twenty-first of October. Uh, yeah. So I hope that you can do that. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to being part of Afros and Audio. So it's the fifth anniversary of um, Afros and Audio Podcast Festival. It's the first two-day conference for and by Black independent podcast creatives and audio professionals. So it runs from October 21st to the 22nd, 2023. And if you're attending in person, because you can also do it virtually, um, in person is at the Reginald F. Lewis Museum in Baltimore, and Baltimore, Maryland. And um, virtually you need to download the Hoover event app w-h-o-v-a that's the event app and um yeah you can purchase your tickets so i'm really looking forward to it i'm looking forward to be doing like last time what i was in the u.s for podcast stuff was um, april when i was doing the live show at sobs so it's nice to come back and just be and you know part of this chat and bernard is incredible for founding unedited and like being able to put out production and like podcasts in the ways that he's done it and audio in the ways that he's done it over the past, like over a decade. So it'll be great to be alongside greats. And so I'm yeah, very much looking forward to that. So I hope you can make it, but use the form to let me know if you're coming to the festival or you're coming to the meet and greet and would like um, an in-person tower reading. I'm really excited to do the in-person tower reading. I just feel like it's going to slap. The energy is going to be mad. So then You'll be told details of that um, going forward. Um, And obviously I'm trying to keep everything as cost effective as possible. It's nothing mad. It's not being kept a secret. We're just really trying to just gauge interest. And then um, Annie and I will have the details up for you. So like I said, 21st of October, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, that's where it's all going down. So looking forward to seeing you there. Anyway, now let's get to um, So You Mad. So You Mad, I just want to keep it um, 
I want to say keep it brief, but I don't think you can keep it brief. Um, man, I got locked up. Then I found my way out. Hey, then I found my way out. I got locked up, but I found my way out. Daniel Khalif escaped from Wandsworth Prison. Daniel. Daniel. Danielle. How many times did I call you, Daniel? You escaped. And where did they find you? Chiswick. Chiswick. You had enough know-how to escape the prison by strapping yourself underneath the food van that came to come and deliver things because you were working in the kitchens. And you only got as far as Chiswick. They just found you there riding a bicycle. I'm going to sound, I'm going to put my um, tin four hat on. Has, have they shown close-up images of him actually being back? Like it's him, him, and he's back in prison. I need to see a photo to confirm this. Because I know that they've showed the fuzzy images of some person sitting on the ground and the police are apprehending him. But I want to see proper I want to see that it's him because they're showing the initial picture that they took, not any um, updated photos. And I'm going to need that because the reason I say I'm going to need that is because Britain doesn't like to take L's. So like you're telling me that you still haven't found Madeline, but and Madeline didn't even have any military training, but you managed to find this one that has, you managed to find this guy. With military training This is as far Like this is my thing yeah When you have military training You know how to survive In hostile environments And you're telling me He only went as far as Chiswick So you just wanted to go To Gail's Bakery Go and get yourself A little chicken bun And um, a little Chelsea bun And then head back What what were you doing Were you getting some Ingredients for risotto What were you doing Daniel I was rooting for you We were all Rooting for you I've never been so angry at an inmate. Sorry. <laughs> they were like, we've got him under terrorism charges and this and that. Look, I struggle to believe what the establishment tells me. So I don't know what he's done. So I can't be getting all hot and bothered. You're telling me, ah, oh, he took secrets um, and he gave them to Iran. Like, wh- how, how, what, how does one do that? Now, have you noticed that there's going to be an uptick in people who are um, um, accused of spying for whichever whichever country their parents are from? Look, me, let me put it on down on record now. I am not spying for Nigeria because I know that they won't pay me when the, the when I finish spying. They'll now say, ah, are we not friends? Ah, are we not friends? And so you really wanted us to give you that 30 million. Ah, Kilichi. You love money too much. You wanted 30 million for just bringing us a text message from Boris Johnson. Ah, you, this girl, you love money. Ibokwenu, you love money. And that's how I won't get paid after I've gone through all that trouble of wanking Boris Johnson off to get the state secrets and bringing it to you. God, (laughs) disgusting, disgusting imagery. Ah, it would smell like sewage. Anyway. It says here, according to the Metropolitane Police, uh, Daniel Khalif has been arrested on... <laughs> that's what I need you to hear. According to the Metropolitan Police, so these they are the ones who are providing us this information. Okay. Daniel Khalif has been arrested on suspicion of being unlawfully at large and being an escaped prisoner. It is unclear whether he will return to Wandsworth or a higher security facility. You're going to send me back to Wandsworth after I've done showed you how I know how to escape from there. Ah, Try me, ho. Um, Daniel Khalif reportedly laughed as he was apprehended in North Holt on Saturday morning. 
Not long after a plainclothes police officer pulled him off a bike on a canal towpath. It just, it just doesn't sound realistic. And if it's true, that is him and they've done that. I don't know. It's just so, such an anticlimax. So this guy was made was able to gather state secrets, get it over to Iran. He was able to work his core. Pilates could never strap himself under the van to escape. And he only went to Chiswick. And then he didn't even cut his hair. If the video is correct, he didn't even cut his hair. Oh, no, baby, you flopped that. Um, footage obtained by the Sun by the Sun newspaper showed the 21-year-old sat in handcuffs next to a sleeping bag and a waitrose call bag. So Daniel is a bougie bitch. Because like you escaped and you went to Waitrose. Like your priorities were like, oh, you know what? I haven't had those Dutchie scones in a minute. Like I need to go and get, oh, I need to go and get me some of that. Oh, or unless they've got the rotisserie pop in. I could kill a rotisserie chicken. Like, like let, let me roll through. I don't know. Um, footage obtained by the Sun newspaper. The Sun. Metropolitan Police. <laughs> the former soldier, you spelled soldier wrong because you spelled soldier, went missing um, from HMP Wandsworth on Wednesday and has been spotted walking towards Wandsworth Town Centre on the same day. Police had further confirmed sightings of him in Chiswick on Friday night. You know, it's the moment that they said that it's a £20,000 reward. People started yapping, yapping. Detectives had also sourced Richmond Park. Oh, no, sorry. Scoured Richmond Park. Bloody hell, my eyes. Which is not far from the Category B prison and had performed an intelligence-led search at a residential premises in the Richmond area. According to the Metropolitan Police, he has been um, arrested on suspicion of being unlawfully at large and being an escaped prisoner. Commander Dominic Murphy described the search for Khalif as extremely complicated and said officers did well to capture the resourceful prisoner within 75 hours. Well, he wasn't clearly that resourceful. He fucking went to Waitrose. Mr. Murphy said the public had been integral to the search and more than 100 calls were made to police with information. Um, Frank Noon, who was running in the area early on Saturday morning, told Sky News that he had seen Khalif lying on his back as he jogged along the river. He said, it was only when I saw him three hours later and he was wearing the same clothes that I thought, that's weird. Khalif was working in the prison kitchen and was wearing a cook's uniform when he disappeared. He's believed to have held onto the straps of on the underside of the truck to make his escape. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak said he was very pleased Khalif has been arrested and praised efforts by the police and the public in finding him. The police had offered a reward of £20,000 for information leading to his arrest, but this is yet to be claimed. It is unclear whether the inmate will be returned to Wandsworth or housed in a higher security location. Um, Khalif is a former member of the Royal Signals Who was based at Beacon Barracks in Stafford He was on remand Waiting trial Accused of leaving fake bombs At a military base um, A charge under the Terrorism Act And another under the Official Secrets Act Which alleges he committed an act of prejudicial An act prejudicial to the safety Or interests of the state He was discharged from the army in May And appeared at the Old Bailey Via video link in July Denying the charges against him I'm sorry I, 
It's giving Minority Report. Um, it's giving Jason Bourne. I don't know. I I the sources that you've given me here. So you're telling me he escaped, didn't cut his hair, didn't change his clothes, and was just walking about. And it took 75 hours for somebody to notice him walking about, even though he was wearing the same clothes that he left the prison with. Like, I know that the British public, you think that they're dumb, but fucking hell. For me, the math isn't mathing. But if you caught him, you say you caught him, okay. Again, people will be like, here, Colette, she goes with her conspiracy theories. But I just feel like... Rishi would have been very worried Suella Brothman would have been very worried About their position within the Tory party If this had carried on So if there's a way to nip that story in the bud Why not? But like they said, they caught him I could be totally wrong And at the moment of this coming out Or before this coming out They will show a picture of him And they very much got him And whatever the case may be I don't know But even if they've got him I'm just not sure about the reasons that they're holding him Because even when they were like, oh, the public, help us find him um, Don't worry, he's he's not known to be a danger to um, the public But also don't approach him I'm like, girl, which one is it? Like, which one is it? Like, let us know So I don't think he's dangerous Like, look at him, he was just minding his business He's just giving 21-year-old that's been accused of something And he doesn't know Wagwan Like, if he he was seriously intel, intel The way that you lot claim Surely somebody would have scooped him up by now So I don't know And then they're talking about this Chinese um, um, person Researcher that was working in Parliament And that he's been accused of spying for China Like, everybody's just getting accused Leave Britney alone (laughs) Leave Britney alone. <sighs> yeah, that's what I wanted to say about that. Um, very interesting scenes. Um, what else did I see? I just saw some random things on the internet, child. I don't even know if we should be going into all of that. Um, but it was funny to me. Uh, it says here, UK police descended on a yoga class in central England after a member of the public spotted people lying on the floor and reported a mass killing. Officers rushed to the spot with their sirens blaring, only to find members of the class quietly meditating. The seaside cafe inside the North Sea Observatory in Chapel Street, Len- St. Leonard's, said a worried member of the public raised the alarm on Wednesday night after becoming concerned. Um... If anyone um, heard the mass of police sirens in Chapel Street, um, so sorry, in Chapel St. Saint Le- Saint Leonard, sorry, it's Chapel St. Leonard's at 9.30 p.m. last night, then please be reassured, a Facebook post said, they were on their way to the observatory after someone had reported a mass killing in our building, having seen several people laying on the floor, which actually turned out to be the yoga class in meditation. Um, the cafe regularly hosts yoga classes in the evenings and noted in its social media post that it is not part of any mad cult or crazy clubs. Um, Lincolnshire police said the emergency call was made with good intentions. Ban phones. Ban phones. Some of you should just not have phones because what? What? <laughs> Girl. Hello. Hello. It's yeah, it's just a it's just a quick one. Just a quick one. So I was just going on my usual walk with my dog, Susie. Yeah, the dog's called Susie. No, sorry, why am I calling? Well, I was just going on my usual walk with my dog, Susie. Yeah, you said not to mention that. Right, well, well, it's going on the walk and um 
So I've just seen um, a pile of bodies. Well, they're not a pile because they're not on top of each other, but there are quite a lot of them and they're lying down and they're very, very still. So I think they've been murdered. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the murderer is still at large. I don't know if I should be standing here saying all of that now that I think about it. But um, yeah, I think you might want to get over because I, I feel like there's been a mass killing and they're just all sort of laying there, not moving. Where am I? Well, it looks it looks like... um looks like a yoga studio doesn't it um i don't know what they could be doing in there but they are they are lying very still yeah yeah they're just yeah so if you just want to get over i think that'd be really useful (laughs) (laughs) fucking idiot oh god that that's how you know not much happens in that area because girl what gosh a madness absolute madness um what else was i going to mention i don't know if i can be bothered to go through all of it you know i don't know if i can be bothered to go through all of it what was this here um i don't know if i can be bothered to go into it shall i um my wife is putting stuff in my food to tame me should i divorce her what you need to know. Her pastor slash prophet has poisoned her mind that I have so many girlfriends, which is not true. Now the prophet just prescribed her medicinal concoctions to put in my food. Um, I'm a foreigner in Angola, but married to an Angolan wife. I'm self-employed and my wife mostly attends the church service with our children. Her pastor slash prophet has poisoned her mind that I have so many girlfriends, which is not true. Now the prophet prescribed her medicinal concoctions to put in my food, which she accepted and put in my food. One time I caught her red-handed putting the stuff in my food. She told me she has been doing it for a long time. Girl! Like, God, (laughs) we're losing recipes. To cut the story short, I think I should divorce her. I can't trust her anymore. I'm not even eating her food. Should I divorce her or not? This is the reader's advice. Stay with me. I empathize with your situation. You are the first priest in your home and you should guide your family. You have left your wife to choose and to a larger extent be derailed by the prophet because of not accompanying them to church. You don't need to divorce your wife. (laughs) You don't need to divorce your wife What you need to do is get to know What your wife was seeking in the church And also get why she was derailed By the prophet or pastor Be empathetic with your wife And know that she's redeemable And is able to overcome the current situation Lead your family To a better church (sighs) Somebody else said It is unfortunate that your wife fell prey to a rogue pastor or prophet. I think that should be a herbal medicine dealer and not a man of God. A good pastor can't give medicinal concoctions. He prays for the situation in the name of the Lord. I know as a human, it can be hard to trust her again, but try to think about giving her another chance. It is good, she confessed. Divorce is not the only solution. (laughs) Yeah, jail. (laughs) Jail is also one. Um... It can give you more negative effects than the medicinal concoctions you were being fed. That was said by another reverend. Um, Somebody else wrote, four things need to be pointed out. One, a doctor is a big catch to any woman in any language in any country. Two, the economic trickle-down effect from you spreads wide to your in-laws and beyond. Three, 
Once a lady gets entrapped by the smooth talking pastors, it is impossible to make them change their minds. It gets even worse when they start dabbling in the dark occult forces. Fourth, in marriage, trust sometimes becomes more necessary than even love. Negotiating divorce while in that same location could be dangerous. This is the expert's take. This is the expert now. One of the expected things in any relationship is the element of trust. In your context, this is your wife who did not tell you that an external person advised her to add an unknown substance into your food without your consent, which could be harmful in the long run. It is even more distressing that she has done it for a while based on your story. Leaving her is an option. However, I would advise that you find out at what point she began to take the pastor's words over yours. The main question to her should be whether she's willing to dissolve a marriage because of her church indoctrination. That is um, a relationship counsellor. Boy, run. Run. Like you said to her, girl, I see you putting things in my food. And she's like, oh, oh, I've been doing this for a while because that's the kind of person I am. You shouldn't be putting things in people's food. Like, I, I was going to talk about all of the things that I um, was reading about spells, but I'm not going to talk about that. Um, yeah, no, no. I don't know how you all feel about that. Again, the Spotify is there. The YouTube comments are there. Let me know if you walked in on somebody sprinkle sprinkling some concoction in your food because they were trying to get you to love them more or to be faithful. Are you staying with them? Are you? Because clearly the element of or the lack of trust has driven them to start fucking with your food and and fucking with your health, essentially. Right. Because they don't know what goes into all these powders and potions that they're being given. And then they're putting it in your shit over time. I don't know. Would love to hear your view on it because shit's clearly mad out here. Um, I think, should that be the last one? Yeah, I was going to read one about some woman and an inconvenience fee. She charged a guy for not showing up on a date, but the reason he didn't show up for the date or and told her that he wouldn't be able to show up, to show up for the date is because his car got broken into. So she says, oh, you need to pay me $50 for an inconvenience fee and then another $50, but she wasn't planning to leave her house anyway. This is why when men say women are not good people, you're not helping us to beat those allegations. Stop doing that. Um, but finally, 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 um, one of my straws of the week goes out to Avon and Somerset Police. Now that we're in straw of the week, aka suck your mum. My straw, first straw of the week goes out to Avon and Somerset Police um, because there is a woman that's known as, well, she's been referred to as Mary. She was married to a man for 19 years, 19 years. Um, and only for her to discover that he was actually uh police officer um an undercover police officer and she was only told this in 2020 but they'd known like they'd known for seven years before telling her as in the police station police force they'd known so it says here um oh i don't this is not the one i want to read i'm looking for here we go because now more people are coming forward with their stories. An undercover, uh, an undercover police officer used his fake identity to deceive a woman into a 19-year relationship in which they became partners and had a child together, the Guardian can reveal. The officer concealed his real identity from the woman for the duration of that period, never telling her his real occupation and using his fictitious identity on the birth certificate of their son. 
In 2020, after the couple were engaged to be married, the woman discovered that her fiancé, whom she believed to be a businessman, was in fact a police officer who had subjected her to a sophisticated deception lasting almost two decades. The Independent Office for Police Conduct, IOPC, is investigating senior officers at Avon and Somerset Police who knew about the undercover officer's relationship with the woman as far back as 2013. They appear to have waited at least seven years before informing the woman that the person she knew as her fiancé had been using a fake identity given to him for use in covert police operations. In a statement, the IOPC confirmed it was investigating the case. The woman, whom The Guardian is referring to as Mary to protect her identity, does not want to speak publicly about the experience. However, her relatives say that she is a shadow of of the person we used to know. The whole thing has broken her. Mary's sister said she has expressed suicidal thoughts. She cries daily. She does not sleep. She's really fearful. News of the deception was uh, has upended the entire family's lives. Our dad, the stress of this has destroyed his health. This has put him in hospital. My mum is on antidepressants. She can't sleep at night. We can't talk about this to anybody, not even with our own children, Mary's sister added. It has broken us as a family. Mary's family accused Avon and Somerset police of bullying and threatening them over the last three years in an effort to discourage them from speaking to the press. Senior police, they say, warned them that if the public were to become aware of the 19-year relationship, the revelation could spark riots. However, Mary's family now believe this and other warnings were used to co-opt them into a cover-up of the scandal. Um... Mary's sister said the family believe that Avon and Somerset police want to protect themselves at all costs. They're supposed to serve and protect, she said. I don't believe they will protect you. I believe they will protect themselves. They're using us and making us a cover for them, for their failings. They're trying to silence us. Avon and Somerset police did not respond to requests for comment prior to publication. However, on Wednesday, the force issued an apology. While working in an undercover role, a former officer engaged in an inappropriate relationship with a member of the public using their pseudonym, a spokesperson said. The member of the public has no connection with policing and until recently they were entirely unaware of their links to an undercover police officer. They played no role in and were not connected to the officer's operational deployment. They added, we fully recognise for those involved, it has been deeply upsetting over a number of years and remains so today. We are sorry. We recognise and understand the devastating and appalling impact this has had on all those affected. And we have taken and continue to take our duty of care to them extremely seriously. Fuck you. Fuck you. You knew for seven years. You knew for seven years before telling her. And then you're saying you took your duty of care extremely seriously. How seriously? It's also good to point out at this point that the police officer is black and the woman's black. And yes, I know that there were um, that there were victims of spy cops who were also white women. I know that. What I'm saying is that I feel like part of the reason that they took so long is because, like, for instance, stay with me here. If he was a black police officer, which he is, but she was a white woman, do you think that they would have taken seven years to tell her that the man she's laying down with is an undercover police officer. Do you think they would have taken that long? Because there's something about them both being black. I feel, especially her being a black woman, I feel that meant that they felt like they could just let it run. Like the whatever case that they were trying to solve, even though I, I thought that they got rid of him, but whatever they were trying to solve, they felt like it was more important than this woman's sense of reality. Fuck you. 
Every week There has to be something That the police have done In this country Or in another country Fuck you My god That the whole story If you want to read The rest of the story Just go onto the Guardian website And you'll find it there Like I am disgusted And I'm so sorry Mary And I'm so sorry About your child um, You having to grow up Knowing this as well I'm so so sorry That these motherfuckers Were motherfuckering As usual Like I'm Deeply deeply sorry um, and my last straw of the week goes out to um, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Um, they can go fuck themselves. Um, it says here, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis asked judge for leniency when sentencing convicted rapist co-star. Um, new letters have emerged that reveal ex-cast members as well as siblings wrote letters in support of Danny Masterson With Kunis describing him as a role model Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, well, the disgraced That 70s Show And I used to love That that 70s Show, which this is why this really pisses me off And in hindsight, I see how problematic it was I didn't realise that Mila Kunis, who plays Jackie She was 14 at the time that all of them were lipsing her down And they were much older than she was it says here, the, dis- that, uh, the disgraced That 70s Show actor has been ordered to serve 30 years to life behind bars. And one victim described him as pathetic, disturbed and completely violent. But new letters have emerged that reveal ex-cast members as well as siblings wrote letters in support of Masterson. The actress who played Jackie in the sitcom wrote, throughout our time together... Remember that this is after he has been convicted of the crime So this is, they're writing this letter Stay with me They're writing this letter in terms of his sentencing He has been convicted of raping two women Like rape is violent as it is But my God, the things that they describe that he did They get like, what are you talking about? So after you know that he has raped these women You now chose to write a character reference so at this point, I just want to know Level 5, level 7, level 12 Which level of hell are you trying to go to? Wow She said Throughout our time together Danny has proven to be an amazing friend Confidant and above all An, ast- an outstanding older brother figure to me She went on to claim that Masterson had played a pivotal role In guiding her away from drug use Kutcher described the convicted rapist as a dedicated and loyal husband While clearly not because he was raping um, Husband and father and in his letter addressed the career ending accusations against the 47 year old While I'm aware that the judgment has been cast as guilty on two counts of rape by force And the victims have a great desire for justice I hope that my testament to his character is taken into consideration in sentencing He wrote I do not believe he is an ongoing harm to society He raped two women, you can't I do not believe he is an ongoing harm to society And having his daughter raised without a present father Would be a tertiary injustice in and of itself Fuck you Kutcher, who is married to Kunise, went on to claim that Masterson was the first person to jump to the defense of a girl he didn't know after she was berated by her belligerent boyfriend. Masterson, and you know, I've got to say, seeing Masterson leaving with his wife, Bijou Phillips or whatever her name is, like you women are disgraceful. The ones that follow your men to court after they've been accused of battering women or raping women, you're disgusting individuals, you're horrible individuals. Um, 
Masterson's wife, Bijou Phillips, said in her letter to the judge that he had been a life-saving partner. Okay, so he's choosing people who are emotionally struggling and it makes themselves to be his their saviour, makes himself to be their saviour. It's like manipulation 101, what you lot not getting. She wrote, our daughter and I are heartbroken that he's not home with us because he was raping. It has been very difficult without him here. Even though he is now in jail, he calls her every day. The one-time actor's legal team is vowing to appeal and if unsuccessful, Masterson will not be eligible for parole until he is a pensioner. Good. During the trial, the women whose evidence led to his conviction said that Masterson had given them drinks that made them feel lightheaded in 2003 before they passed out and he raped them. I'm so sorry. Fuck you, Danny Masterson. And fuck you, Ashton Kutcher and Mina Kunis, because you really put out that video. And then, so after they wrote the statement and it came out that they wrote this statement, they put out some kind of weird non-apology video that looked like they were reading an award at an award ceremony. You know, when they come out to present an award at an award ceremony and they read line by line or sentence by sentence and they look over at each other, waiting for the next person to speak. And they're talking about, we believe victims and we support victims through um, our work. You don't. And now I feel like whatever you've got going on is a sex traffic ring you can't be trusted like you you can't be trusted nope not at all I like I already felt some kind of way when I heard that you don't bathe and you weren't bathing your children you were already giving musty but now you're giving dusty my god disgusting absolutely disgusting suck out for an eternity through an unwashed straw bitches oh that is it that is it we made it for somebody who didn't want to be here god I've really really been here in it anyway um yeah you can get your tarot readings um email tarot readings by going to kalechiokafo.com forward slash shop and you can get the email tarot readings from there you can join patreon patreon.com um forward slash kalechiokafo if you want to get your month ahead readings or just you know be a member of the community where i post weekly tarot updates for the collective and um one-to-one tarot readings i'll be putting out more slots um, over the next few weeks because I want I really want to start reading about 2024 because there are some major shifts astrologically for 2024 for instance like Uranus no that's 20 that's 2025 Uranus going into Gemini but there are going to be some shifts 2024 that I really want to um, start looking at um, so you can book your uh, year ahead reading or just have a general one-to-one reading I'll put some slots out um, um, by the time you're listening to this I'll pop some slots out I think I think. And like I said, Baltimore, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. So let's try and have a cute meet and greet a few of us. Let's get some drinks. Let's talk edge of here. Let's do one-to-one tower readings. They'll, you know, I'd love to do that with you all. So that's it. Ah, the live show at the Barbican. Well, the in conversation with show at a Barbican is happening on the 7th of October. So that's a lie The 12th of September is happening at this point Tomorrow, 12th of September God, I'm thinking of Peckham Playground Which is 7th of October So many things happening And then Shelf Interest is happening on 16th of September If you want to come to that book club Mingle, where we'll be talking about Edge of Here I'm going to be there Saturday, 16th of September So that's that I've been Kelechi Okafor And this has been SYM Officially known as Say Your Mind Unofficially known as What What That's right Suck your mum Let me go to my yard 
Peace. It's the Ben's Punani Womanist. Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea. We are go sipping yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.